0: Welcome to the Channel 17 podcast, a weekly Atlanta Braves discussion podcast, brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network, online, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on Facebook and Twitter, at ProdLeisure. I'm your host, Will Floyd, and joining me as always, my father, Tim Floyd.
1: Yes, Will, it's great to be with you. Not a great week for the Braves, but good to talk to you about it anyway.
0: One of the worst weeks in a long time. Maybe since they well, yeah. lost the first nine last year.
1: It's it's starting to feel like that, actually. The record isn't as bad as last year at this time, but it's not that far off of it. I guess they've been winless since we last
0: talked, right? Yep, they have. They losses. have not won since we last talked. They did make uh, two intriguing moves that affect the uh, majors in a way. Oh, okay they well, released that, Ryan Howard which doesn't well, really yeah I saw that that was
1: interesting even. I guess whatever whatever they saw in him they convinced them that he he wasn't even as good as emilio Bonifacio as a pinch hitter which is hard to imagine but <laughs> I mean I I didn't have high hopes for Ryan Howard it's still a bit of a disappointment but again because the the bench is so awful at the major league level you think almost anybody would be better but I guess the ghost of Ryan Howard wasn't enough
0: well I mean He has been a defensive nothing, and really worse than nothing. Well, true. Really, since he came up to the majors in 2004. But I
1: thought the whole idea was he was going to be just a left-handed pinch hitter off the bench, um, probably never play an inning in the field. And I think they they must have decided he wasn't even up
0: to that for them. Well, he hit 184 with one home run. It was only 11 games, but still... You kind of think the guy should probably dominate AAA if you really want what, to.
1: Whatever they saw in him, they, they were just convinced it just wasn't going to work. So, I mean, I guess I have to trust that. But but as I keep saying over and over again, this bench is just, just the worst I've ever seen.
0: But speaking of the bench, and I'm not sure this actually helps, the Braves also traded, Chevin, traded Kevin Chapman. This is how much I care about the guy. I can't say his name, even though it's right. basic. Kevin For Chapman. Danny yes. Santana.
1: Yeah, what What do we know about Danny Santana?
0: He had a really good year in half a season, his rookie year.
1: Which was just, what, two years ago?
0: Yeah, but he hasn't been good since then.
1: I know. Um, And obviously...
0: Three years ago now.
1: Was it three years ago? So he's
0: had two bad seasons.
1: The Twins, obviously, just... I mean, they gave him up for nothing. Nobody expects Kevin Chapman to be a contributor to amount to much on Major League Roster, so... Uh, they gave up on him and a- again as i keep saying i'll say it one more time you got to take a flyer on some guys it couldn't be a lot worse than what they got but uh, he gives you some positional versatility right
0: yeah um i'm not sure if that's real positional versatility or theoretical positional versatility he came up as a third baseman yeah although i will say he managed not to play it so far this year he played everywhere but first base and catcher and pitcher, obviously, for Minnesota last year at some point. Uh-huh. So I don't know if he's really that kind of great infielder. No, probably not.
1: And offensively, he, as you say, he had half a season, as some people do, and then never again. And that's probably the kind of player he is. But worth a shot, I guess.
0: I mean, maybe he gets to closer to a slightly below-average hitter, and you can put him in. And if he doesn't, you gave up Kevin Chapman. Who cares? Right. Right? I mean, you got him for nothing, and he makes the minimum. And
1: the problem is, you know, Brian Snicker looks down in his bench, and what does he think? In the words of that great Santana song, I ain't got nobody <laughs> I can depend on, so we'll try this Santana, right?
0: Sure. That was convoluted, and I saw it was, there. It was, but it's worth a try. But, Don't you yeah, think. sure. No
1: tango, Nadie.
0: I think this is actually our uh, attempt to not actually talk about the baseball that was played. Well, right. <laughs> I mean, it was bad.
1: It, it was, and it was, it was bad in a lot of respects. But mainly, the starting pitching has yeah. been so disappointing. We talked about this last week about how the team was scoring enough runs to be, you know, mildly competitive. Um, the bullpens had its ups and downs, but. The real disappointment was in the rotation. That only got so much worse this week. Wasn't it just a week ago we said the one bright spot in the rotation
0: has been Fulton Evans? Yes, yes, yes. Which it was. was and
1: is still true. And then he got shelled immediately after our last podcast. Yes. Um, Tehran is. We been, struck again. <laughs> we, we, we we can take credit or blame for that one because um, we, we were really going on about how Fulton Evans has turned a corner. And I still think he has. I, I actually have pretty good feeling about the guy he's he's got the great stuff he seems to have um got much better command and control than he had before um so you know everybody has a bad start now and again um i saw clayton Kershaw do it once that's probably the only time he ever did yeah um, well but no and tehran is the one that's a little bit more disturbing because he's he's just been a little off um he's walking more guys he's not striking out as many um, those are the two guys we care about for the future. The other ones they have on one-year deals have all been very big disappointments.
0: I mean, started. Bartolo's been awful.
1: He, 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 a batting practice pitcher, could, could do at least as well as Colon has. That's and what probably
0: like. is in better shape. He, well, yes. So, which I'm, I'm Some being facetious. Coach. He's a 44-year-old <laughs> overweight pitcher without a secondary pitch. And that has worked for the past three years. but It's been a miracle.
1: Well, what he's got, as we've said before, is when he has been on the last three years, which is most of the time, he's not going to dominate anybody. um, But he never walks anybody. He's got pinpoint command with his mid-80s to upper-80s fastball. um, And and then you can change speeds on it. He'll throw it 84 one time and then crank it up to 91. Um, Never throw it down the middle. I'm talking about the Bartolo Colon of last year and of the two good starts he's had this year. All of the other starts this year, though, um, everything I just said except that mid-80s fastball instead of on the corner or down in the dirt has been right in somebody's wheelhouse. And, of course, all major league hitters can hit that. Um, The the question for the Braves, and I don't know how long they're going to leave this question open, is the guy done? I mean, at some point, people fall off a cliff Um, that's often the way it happens with a pitcher and once you get into your 40s you would expect it you would have expected it a long time ago for a guy like Cologne. the the miracle is he's lasted this long maybe he can turn it around and continue to pitch as he did sort of like last year Um, but it doesn't look good at the moment does it
0: well and I saw some things online where people were saying these old rentals they brought in aren't doing great Cologne is a measurably worse pitcher than Dickey or Garcia. Oh, right.
1: I I haven't even been that disappointed in Dickey. Dickey's been kind of what I expected. Um, Dickey's had a couple of okay starts and then others where he's not as good. Garcia actually has better numbers on the surface, but I don't think he's pitched any better than the other two. His ERA is a little bit better, but I think that's primarily luck.
0: Yes, I'll give you one piece of evidence to prove that it is absolutely luck in 35 innings pitched he has 21 strikeouts and 18 walks Ooh, yeah he's he's not the definition of unsustainable Um,
1: right yeah his FIP is is just about as bad as the other guys he just his ERA is a little bit better
0: um he
1: is kind of what I expected Garcia is sort of what I expected Cologne, I did say, I think we both did in our preseason predictions, that you're, you're risking a lot on some old, two old pitchers and one frequently injured pitcher. There's a decent chance that none of them work out. The two old guys could be done, um, and Garcia maybe is also done based on arm trouble. Uh, odds are at least one or two would have worked out okay, and that may be, but so far none of them have worked out, and that's that puts a real... That's really tough on copy strategy of holding off on bringing up any of the young pitchers for another year and let these guys be placeholders and inning eaters. And by the way, speaking of innings eaters, Cologne's last start was maybe his worst. In one way, I, I, I turned tuned in late. Actually, I wasn't. I was just looking on my phone. I was out somewhere, and five batters in against the Astros, it was already
0: five to nothing. Right. <laughs> right. Um, no outs. The, the first, yeah, the,
1: the first five people to the plate scored. Well, did you notice he then went on and picked six innings and only gave it one more run. He retired like 14 of the next 15 batters. So, In that sense, he was sort of an innings eater. You didn't have to bring in a long man in the first or second inning. Um, that, that's about as small a victory as you'd ever want to get, though. He's eating innings when you're already down six to nothing.
0: I, I mean, I'm almost wondering, is this a problem defensively with our Catchers, and here, here's oh. where I'm going to get it. This team is walking people like crazy. Yeah. And as Bill James, Earl Weaver devotees, that is the one thing we can't abide by a pitcher doing.
1: I, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, and Cologne, he's the exception. He's still not walking people. Um, they just hit right. him like crazy. Yeah. Uh, but Dick Dickey's going to walk people. That's the nature of the knuckleball. Sure. Uh, Garcia has, but it's it's Tehran, the one that's worried me. Right. He's walking a lot more than he used to. And, oh, them bases on balls. I, I, you know, on defense, you hate them. On offense, they're so underrated. That's maybe Bill James' insight more than anything else that changed the way I viewed baseball 35 years ago when I first ran across Bill James, that um, getting on base, not making it out, is um, really... What an offense needs more than anything else, and the base on balls will get you that.
0: And, and if you're giving them up, you are basically yeah. asking for trouble. Yeah. I mean, it. Um, Tehran has 30 strikeouts and 20 walks in 40 innings. That's not which good. Conveniently makes the math a bit simpler, but like, 4.5 walks per nine. Nolan Ryan can't live with.
1: No, no Nolan Ryan came close to that. Uh, but he's the he's the only person, and even Nolan Ryan was is an overrated pitcher because he walked way too many people. Um that that's a story for another day about why people are so enamored of Nolan Ryan. He really
0: wasn't. As, he was a of and, and interesting. We both lived for a while in Texas, so <laughs> right. Well, yeah, we've heard that more lot. than others. But I mean, right. that's that's the model of the guy who can kind of walk some people. Right. We're talking about the guy with the perhaps best fastball ever for a starting pitcher.
1: Yeah. Or there's some relievers that can walk four or five guys. Uh, Craig Kimbrell usually did better than that.
0: Three is when... But if he walked three per nine, he's great. I mean, that's... Uh, He can get by with four
1: if he's striking out um, two batters every inning or something, as he did, you know, one
0: time. Fulte, remarkably, is only walking 3.3 guys per nine inning, which I'm only saying remarkably because my diagnosis is a team-wide problem. That's still not good. Garcia is the crazy one.
1: Yeah. Garcia can't be walking people because he doesn't strike anybody. We didn't expect him to strike people out. Garcia is a guy who has a moving pitch that he keeps low in the strike zone, and he generates contact, but it should be weak and ground ball contact at his best. Uh, You can't be walking people if that's the case. I mean... Um, I mean, it's an interesting philosophy. Cologne obviously understands you don't walk people. And even at his worst, he keeps throwing the ball in the strike zone. He's always lived by throwing the ball on the corners of the strike zone. And instead of missing outside, now he's missing. I mean, missing outside the strike zone. has moved a few inches toward the middle of the plate. That's all it takes to get crushed.
0: I mean, the most you know, interesting Tom thing. I don't even Tom knew that. Um, yeah. As, that fastball command, you throw
1: it on the corner or you just a little outside or inside or up or
0: down. Um, the best thing about Cologne this week is that um, I learned that he is the last player to have played in the Astrodome. Is that right? In the Astrodome? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't really understand Any of these things now. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't
1: remember the Astrodome was around that long. I can remember going early on to what was then Enron. That seems like a well it was a long time
0: ago. Yeah, it was like the (laughs) the late nineties. He was up in the mid nineties. I mean, you know.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah. Um offensively, as you said, the team isn't even that different. I mean, they're and you know, the things we talked about last week, although I did want to say something about Dansby Swanson that I noticed. Yeah. Uh If you put together his uh, call-up last season and the very early returns on this season, he had 145 plate appearances last year. He's at 124, 38 games last year, 30 this. But it's kind of similar numbers. They're starting to look the same. He had three home runs then, two now, Um One walked, of those
1: last year was inside the park. I remember. Also. Right,
0: walked nine percent of the time last year. Nine point seven so far. So that's an improvement. Although he's also striking out a Although touch that,
1: more. That's changed. Remember, we talked last week. He had, he had he had hardly walked at all, and then he had a few games last week, and then he's walking more. That's. I think that's progress. But and overall, I, he's not I mean, swinging
0: at as many bad pitches now. These things are kind of. I mean, those are holding basically the same actually saying he's worth more defensively. But last year, of course, he hit 302 with a 361 on base and a 442 slugging. Right. This year he is mired at 162 242 225, and here is the difference. 383 batting average on balls in play in his abbreviated stint last year and 203 in the small sample this year. Is is it
1: entirely luck then?
0: Is Well, here's is what I was actually going to come to. If you put those together, he is at uh, 301 batting average on balls in play for his short major league career. Yeah, he's hit 238, 306,
1: 342. That's that's not that's not what you want out of the guy. But on the other hand, for his first sixty games in the big leagues, you think, well, he's hitting about 240, um, and he's, he's getting on base some. He's got a little bit of power. You think that's that's not a bad start. Um, he's got to step it up from there. The problem, of course, is um, the second half of that 60-some-odd games, the part this year, is absolutely unsustainable. You can't keep running him out there when he's doing that poorly. And I guess the real question I have is, is he hitting a lot worse this year or is it really largely a matter of luck, the balls he's hitting hard or going right at somebody? Did he get lucky last year with some weekly hit balls that found a hole or dropped in? I don't know enough about that. I see enough of Swanson just watching games that he misses a lot of balls in the strike zone. I know. I thought maybe he was just swinging at too many bad pitches, which I think he was earlier this year trying to be aggressive. But it sure seems like there are an awful lot of pitches that look very hittable almost down the middle of the play that he's just missing. Um,
0: he is hitting a lot more fly balls and infield fly balls this year.
1: Yeah, which, which certainly hurts your batting average on balls in play.
0: And that means he's hitting um, fewer line drives. So, I mean, right, that's there. Um, but, you know, that was sort of interesting it's when I looked at it. still too
1: early to worry too much about him. Uh, he's not going to be the rookie of the year, as so many people said before the season started. The more important question at this point is, will he even be on the major league roster in another month, or will they send him down to AAA to work on whatever is bothering him? I hope they're patient with him. Uh, they're not running him out there every day anymore. Um, he's, he's had a few days off, um, although they got rid of Darno, who was one of the backups. But Peterson's played shortstop a couple of times. I, I think they'll stick with him. They also don't have an obvious alternative. So as long as it, it doesn't mess his head up too much to struggle. So let him keep working on it at the major league level. And it's not like they're competitive or anything. So, you know, why not?
0: Yeah, I mean, the team is not gonna challenge for a wild card. <laughs> no. So, I mean, they possibly could Which be better. Which, in some
1: ways, is as is, is much as I hate losing, and I really like
0: this it's week a lot was more terrible. Fun to
1: watch a team that wins this week was miserable. One of my fears going into this year was you'd get to July first or the middle of July, and they'd be slightly over five hundred. And people would say, "Oh, maybe you got a shot at the wild card. Let's let's go for it now." And they trade for some rentals or something, uh, or not trade their veterans that were doing well. I think we're already enough into the season with this really bad record that we know the rebuild is still in full rebuild mode this year. In, in other words, they're 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 not going to trade any prospects this year. They're that they will unload any veteran they can. I'm not sure anybody's unloadable at this point. But Pictures. it doesn't look that way
0: and in fact they have already proven to be very aggressive in the minor leagues
1: that, that's the most interesting story of the last week um, what's happened at the it's been the most interesting story for the last couple of years actually what's happening in the minor leagues but as you point out um, this year they have been quite aggressive both at the start of the season and promoting people and then more particularly just in the last week
0: right Right, and I'm going to try and get all of these, but it was uh-huh. crazy. It started um, with the promotion of Ronald Acuna to Mississippi.
1: And there's one place where um, management looks pretty smart, right? Yes. <laughs> he had a home run on the very first pitch he ever saw at Double A, right? Yes. He went on to hit three hits in that game. Not to be outdone, the very next day he had another home run and another three hits. I'd uh, say,
0: I, I will make the bold prediction and say that he will not be quite that successful at don't double A. I think batting
1: average will stay at seven <sighs> fifty. Well, maybe not.
0: Possibly. Um, I looked at his numbers when they called
1: him up, um, and I was—I sort of had the impression he was just a slight disappointment at high A ball. And that's really not true I mean the kid's 19 years old and he, he had a slow week or two but he is just solid as he can be you know he uh, he's got a bunch of stolen bases uh, but he also he's hitting with more power than he ever had before um, well he's so striking out a little bit more
0: with the Florida not Fire frogs, quite as much yeah he was hitting 287 with a 336 on base percentage but a 478 slugging which was his yeah. best slugging. Including this wonderful extra base hit number. Three home runs, three doubles, and five triples. (laughs) (laughs) He's Uh, the kind of
1: guy that probably never hit a lot of doubles because he's so fast. Most doubles become triples, it sounds like.
0: Uh, He had 14 stolen bases, too, which was sort of amazing. Uh, And he had previously had a problem of getting caught a little frequently. He was only caught three times. Uh, Um, He has had... Two stolen bases and two caught stealings at Mississippi. But again, he basically came up and just was hitting everything he saw.
1: Yep, And continuing to run. They sort of turned him loose on that. Right. Which is good. That's what you let the guy learn how to do it. But man, I guess the real question I have is, are they this aggressive with this guy? Because they really are contemplating giving him a shot to be in the major league next year.
0: Well, maybe. Well, he's,
1: he's 19. I looked it up. He has a, I think, a December birthday, so he's you know solidly in his nineteenth year. Um, he will be twenty at spring training next year. Jason Hayward was twenty uh, when he became a regular. Andrew Jones was twenty when he became a regular. Um, they 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 have a history of doing that with people that are really great talents. Um,
0: but so then, that, I mean, they they didn't just promote Acuna. They seem well, to have right. promoted half of the interesting prospects almost. Um, not literally true, they have too many interesting prospects. But Anthony Seymour took Acuna's place. Um, first of all, Anthony Seymour is uh born in the Bahamas, only really grew up in Delray Beach, Florida. But just for color, uh, at Rome, Seymour had hit 287, 345, 352, and he in three games has gotten uh six hits and 14 at bats. Well, so, Seymour um by all
1: accounts is the fastest guy in the system and that's saying something because they got several other guys that are just have fantastic speed. Now the problem with Seymour is that that seems to be his only really great tool, but he is such a great runner um, that alone can give him a good many points on batting average. He's got to be able to put the bat on the ball and you know not get the bat knocked out of his hands for you know, that kind of guy but the way he runs he's been he's been able to, to put the ball in play. He's also 22.
0: He probably needed to come up a level. He's not really that highly it, it, tired. If he's
1: going to make it at all, go ahead and be aggressive with him and but, find out whether yeah. he can.
0: They're clearly figuring out point. what they have with guys. And then the other interesting moves were pitchers. Patrick yeah. Weigel is at Gwinnett.
1: Weigel, um, you know, he was the Braves minor league pitcher of the year last year after being, you know, really an awful college level pitcher. I look back at his numbers from three different colleges kind of. he attended. Um, he sort of figured it out a little bit, maybe his last year in college at Houston. Uh, but he was what, like a seventh rounder, so nobody expected much out of him. And all this, I mean, he always threw hundred miles an hour. So nobody ever gives up on that. Somebody like that. Um, but he really was walking almost a batter in inning, or you know, I mean, he was terrible in that sense. And ever since he signed with the Braves. He's had really excellent control. He did last year. He has again this year. And he's since he was a college pitcher. He's already in his in his early twenties. Um, I think they're going to be aggressive with him. He might be one of the first ones called up when they give up on the old guys and start going to the younger starting pitchers.
0: Well, I mean, I think we'll Lucas see how he Sims does is probably for the guy. A while. Yeah. yeah, but then it would maybe be Newcomb. and then I mean, yeah, it's Weigel, right? Yeah. So, depending I mean, on starts and Lucas what Lucas Sims need.
1: has pitched so much better than he, he had in a long time. Um, Sims has been the best Gwinnett pitcher, and I suspect he would be the, the next one called up. Um, Newcomb has been, unfortunately, as we say, doing what Newcomb does, which is strike out a lot of people, but unfortunately still walking too many people. Um, but Newcomb's going to get his chance, too. Right, I mean... So maybe Weigel, Wy- Sims, and Newcomb are all called up to the big club.
0: Right, and uh, if you thought that Patrick Weigel leaving Mississippi ruined the five guys with a major league grade on them rotation at Mississippi, you were wrong, because Luis Gahara, who also just got onto Baseball America's Top 100 Prospects list in its most recent update, is now a Mississippi Brave.
1: Yes, Gohara, in some ways, has been the—I don't know if it's surprise is the right word—but um, you know, obviously Seattle sort of gave up on him, even though he has you know high nineties fastball, a lefty, um, and he's just 20 years old. I'm not sure why they were willing to part with a guy like that. Well, he's been—he's been absolutely dominant, and well, they're going to be mean... aggressive with him. So he's at Double A, uh, along with, of course, the other two. Uh, guys who are still just 19 from last year's draft, Allard and Soroka, who have both been excellent. Yeah. You're talking about aggressive promotions. Well, that was the one that was done at the beginning right. of the year. Um, to, the, the two youngest players in all of AA are Allard and Soroka. I think they were born like the same week. Um, and
0: Gawar well, is no. 20. Acuna is younger, I think.
1: Well, now Acuna is, <laughs> Right. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's, you know, Gahara has been unbelievable, really. Yeah. In 36 and one-third innings, he has 39 strikeouts and 10 walks.
1: That's that's the
0: amazing No home runs. runs.
1: Wow. Um, although, again, the thing that I love about that is the 39 strikeouts and 10 walks. If, if, if he can do that... Um, I mean, nobody is effective at the major league level when they when they walk a batter every couple of innings. If you're up over four um, walks per nine innings, it doesn't matter how good your stuff is, you can't be that effective. And that's the kind of pitcher Gohara had been. Uh, it's the kind of pitcher Newcomb's always been. Um, there were a lot of comparisons to Newcomb because he's a you know, big guy, lefty with an easy motion and just couldn't seem to consistently throw strikes. Well, it's obviously only... A handful of starts. What you say? Six starts? Uh, he Seven. Seems to have, he seems to have figured it out. So I, I'm, I'm pleased to see them be aggressive. Let's see what he does at double A.
0: Well, and what you were saying, that is man. why did uh, Seattle give up on him? Last year, across uh, the two A ball divisions, he managed to, in 69 and two thirds innings, have a 1 8 1 ERA. While striking out 81 and walking 23. So in some ways, he just well, continued yeah. what he had done before. Um, and so the hope it, is he can do it.
1: questionable, oh, doesn't it? Why they would give up on a guy like that.
0: I, I have no idea. Maybe Seattle is the new Arizona for us and we're making a well, new trades. Well, that would
1: be nice. It's good to have somebody who'll keep giving you great prospects for nothing.
0: Yeah. Um, was he part of the Malik Smith deal, or yeah, he was. He technically was though, wasn't that two deals?
1: Back, I can't remember. There, there's so many deals; it's hard to keep up with exactly. He was part of it, but yeah, he was definitely the, the Malik Smith deal, right?
0: Yes. So uh, the Mariners got Shea Simmons and Malik Smith, and then they instantly flip Malik Smith for two minor leaguers. Right. That's that's what happened. I. And it,
1: and I've said before, I've kind of missed Malik Smith this year. Uh, if nothing else, I would have seen less of Emilio Bonifacio if Malik Smith was on the roster. But um, I, I, given how Guajara's pitched, you no, no qualms in my mind about it at this point.
0: And by the way, the other guy we got in that deal, Thomas Burroughs, who had pitched the University of Alabama as a reliever in nine games and 15 and a third in innings, Uh, he has a 2.9 or no, 2.35 ERA can't read the columns right right? at Rome he probably should be promoted soon but Uh there are a lot of guys with good relieving numbers I mean it's I don't get that trade and I will probably get it less and less
1: well, you know, the Braves strategy obviously going back a couple of years is get as many young very high upside arms as you can and see which ones pan out they're not all going to pan out, but the exciting thing, l- looking for silver linings and what's a very dark major league cloud the last three years is they've stockpiled as many exciting young pitchers as, you know, any team I ever remember. Um, and most of them have been working out well. That you got I, I know there's no such thing as a pitching prospect, and many of them won't work out, but so far so good, right?
0: Yeah, well, and the other thing that's important with this Braves team is you get to sort out what you need. I've said it before. As much as there is no such thing as a pitching prospect, that might be better to understand as you don't need the one guy to come through.
1: Yeah. There is such thing as pitching prospects, plural. Right. <laughs> you just can't pin your hopes on any particular one. That's that's clearly the strategy. Get as many as you can, and some of them will work out, hopefully. Um the, the the real trick is knowing which ones will and what the timing is and they're they're being aggressive they've decided let's let's not wait around they're being aggressive in part because they're 3 years into the rebuild they're in the new stadium and they've made i don't know how explicit but clearly they've implied that by the time they got to the new park they'd be competitive and they'd be you know looking to play in October about 2018 and they're a long way away from that because you're counting on a bunch of young pitchers. I mean, say they wanted to go with Hallard and Soroka next year. Well, they're just 20 years old, and that's that's not outside the realm of possibility that they might even pitch for the major leagues next year. But even if they did, you can't expect much out of them. 20-year-old starting pitchers are very rare, and, and they often struggle. I mean, most pitchers struggle before they figure it out at the major league level. So the problem with this rebuild is It's just going to take longer than they implied, at least early on. On the other hand, a lot of the, the young players have... The minor leagues has been more exciting than it was last year, as much as the major league team has been frustrating. I look at those minor league box scores every day, and there's usually something good in every single game from the people that we really care
0: about and get excited about. Well, We haven't talked about position players other yeah. than Acuna. Um, but Gwinnett has not been exciting from a position player standpoint.
1: No, the, the two guys that you really want at Gwinnett to, to turn into good major leaguers are Ozzy Alves and Rio Ruiz. Ozzy, I'm not that disappointed in. He hasn't set the world on fire and made it seem obvious you got to go ahead and call him up. But he's just 20. He's the youngest guy in AAA, I think, even now. Um, and he's, he's he he's going to be okay. Uh, whether he's going to be, you know, Jose Altuve okay, which would be fabulous, or whether he's going to be, you know, just kind of a solid middle infielder with good speed um, who gets on base a fair amount. I mean that's that's what that's what you want out of him. And I still think he's going to be that player, but it may be a little while yet.
0: Well, and then the guy that's really disappointing is Rio Ruiz because...
1: Yeah. What's most disappointing about him is that
0: he had the most obvious path to the major right. leagues. Um, because the Braves' third base spot is...
1: We've talked about a lot. Is, even though uh, Adonis Garcia's hit a couple of home runs in the last week, uh, he's still not the answer. Um, he didn't get on base enough. Um, I, uh,
0: he can't play I the position that well.
1: And he can't play the position. Um, he... He hasn't hit right handed pitching very well. It's an obvious situation where you can have a left handed platoon partner. um, But they're just not, Ruiz hasn't made it clear that he's ready. I keep hoping they'll call him up anyway. As as I keep saying, I'd rather see the prospects play at the major league level than I can win anyway. I'm
0: going to once again uh, say that Johan Camargo should come up because I think he's better than Emilio I think You're right
1: about that guy. Yeah. at the very least, I'd rather have him off the bench, and he does give you good positional versatility, play a lot of places.
0: Um, I mean, to me, it's almost well. like, well, you know, what do you want to watch on TV? And your standard is, well, whatever is better than the Lawrence Welk show. I mean, you know. <laughs> that, that,
1: that, that's a great analogy. The Bra- Watching the Braves starting pitching is a lot like watching the Lawrence
0: Welk show. Hey, remember when these people mattered? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the Braves will probably have a better week this coming week. Well, that's If a, only because they probably can't be worse.
1: If they have as bad a week this week as they had in the past week, their record is all of a sudden every bit as bad as it was last year right. at this time, which was enough to get the then-manager fired at about the same time. Um, I don't think Snitker's job is in trouble. I mean, why would they fire him at this point? I think unless they, they really turn it around... Snitker. Uh, this will be his last year as manager, and they'll try to make a splash with somebody interesting and do something fresh for next year. It's early. I, here I am talking like a six-game losing streak tells you a lot about the team. It happens um, unless these starting pitchers get better. They're going to keep having weeks like this. I think. I think they might get a few more good starts out of Cologne, but maybe not. Maybe he is done.
0: And then we'll see Lucas Sims. I, that's my guess. Well, um,
1: Sims has been really, really good at AAA. He's, he's pitched enough in the minor leagues. He was a 2012 draft pick out of high school. It's time. Um, yeah. And he, he, he didn't seem to be ready last year because he's so inconsistent with his command. But, but he's apparently got that under control now, so to speak. So. Maybe
0: the pitching will come around because, for some reason, the Braves play well in Miami. Watch, I say that now. They're going to get blown out in three straight games. Um, yeah, will. we'll see. But, you know, and then they face the struggling Blue Jays, who are having an existential crisis while struggling versus us, who are shrugging. The only problem is... I'd rather uh, be us than the Blue Jays, at least.
1: Yes. The uh, Blue Jays were supposed to win.
0: The and problem, though, is... Early next week, we're going to hear way too much about the nineteen ninety two World Series.
1: That's that's unfortunate. Um, that's one of my least favorite. Um, yeah, I mean, it yeah. was that was still a great time. I mean, I do any year of the nineties. In
0: terms of heartbreak and disappointment, it is behind ninety one and ninety six.
1: True, except that ninety one. Uh, since it was the worst of first and didn't expect to be there anyway, by 92, you thought, hey, man, we're good. We probably ought to be world champions. Our-
0: yeah, but in terms of events, if, if we oh, were playing the know. Twins, we'd see a lot of images that would make me want to throw things at they my lost TV. lost on
1: a walk-off home run in the 92 World Series, but it was just game six. It wasn't right.
0: game seven. <laughs> right. um, and there'd be no chance of them interviewing Kent Herbeck. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> who apparently hangs out at Mini State Anyway, um, but maybe the Braves will turn it around. It's, we're still in the same place we've been the whole time we've been doing this podcast, which is this team is not built to be good now.
1: I know, and it's it, it's it's frustrating, um, no end, to watch the product on the field a lot of times. Uh, I've watched more games this year than it did last year, because um, at least up until the last week, it had generally been more interesting. But you know when your team falls behind 4 or 5 or 6 to nothing right. early on? that's pretty miserable.
0: Well, the, um, the key but, advantage this team has had over last years until really the end of last year was that if the Braves got down 2 runs, I had no hope last year.
1: Yeah, oh, the the big difference is this year as opposed to the first half of last year, the offense is, you know, capable of putting runs on the board. That offense last spring, April and May was, you know, historically awful. And so you feel like the more in the game, they had the one game this past week, wasn't it, where they fell behind 4 to nothing. ended up coming back, tying it up 4-4, four to four and went to extra innings. And lost. Um, and looks like they had the game won even in the bottom of, what, the 11th, a very close call at first base, um, you know, by an eyelash. And then, of course, they lose anyway.
0: I mean, it was just that kind of That a game where the league. bullpen
1: went, you know, seven innings and gave up one hit. Yeah. Um, the bullpen, I still don't think, is the real problem with this team. Kroll's been pretty awful. Yeah, DeMarco I don't think Flaherty's. he's long These are for the they, they need another lefty, um, probably. But I'm, I'm,
0: the Sam Freeman the has issue. been fine in his three mostly appearances. Mostly
1: isn't the issue. Um, starting pitching is horrible.
0: Well, hopefully the starting pitching will get too tolerable uh, over yeah. the next week. And, uh, again, if they are really horrible, it probably means we will see some promotions from the minors. So... That's, Something to look forward to either way. Uh, yeah. But no matter what happens with the Braves, we will be here to talk about it next week on the Channel 17 podcast brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network. Uh, you can find every episode of the Channel 17 podcast, including our off-season review of Braves history, on our website, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can help us a lot on iTunes and Stitcher by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a rating and a review, because that is how we might be able to get on charts and be heard by new listeners. You can also help us out a little more directly by becoming one of our patrons at Patreon. Patreon is a crowdfunding site that allows patrons to give small monthly contributions to support ongoing creative work. So if you want to keep listening to us, a great way to allow us to be certain to do that is to go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Productive Leisure, and becoming one of our patrons today. You can also follow us for updates on everything to do with the Productive Leisure Network on Facebook and Twitter, at Prod Thanks for listening, and see you next week.